welcome to my podcast, Finding My Freedom, where I talk about my life as a professional musician, and then quitting, and then restarting, and the universe waking me up. Now, listening back to this stuff, I am really trying to describe this as my mindset was while it was happening not necessarily now and like trying to give you the exact reason why this and reason why that I'm just sort of explaining what happened and then you can use your own judgment and and relate to it however you want to and I'm also trying to put myself back in the situations so that like I can rethink and put the pieces together and figure out why things happen the way they happen and how things happen the way they happen. And then I'm going to put it away and it'll, it'll be gone forever. I have to say that I was not very um, excited about doing this, to be honest with you. In a lot of ways, I feel naked in front of everybody right now. <laughs> but, you know... This is what we got to do, right? This is how we learn and grow. And um, I just hope uh, somebody else gets some sort of benefit from this too. And honestly, it has been doing wonders. Like every episode, every time I put one out there, I feel inside a big release. Like, you know what? I should have done this a long time ago, which I say that about a lot of things lately. <laughs> So, I hope y'all enjoy it, and, uh, you know, we'll just try to keep going with it and see how it turns out. Thanks. Now, we left off, uh, I was getting ready to move down to Florida. We are getting very close to the time when I started to quit. So, there's a few things I want to... to clarify like um, right before I got off the road back in 2002 I was having horrible head panic attacks on stage now it didn't help that the band I was working with were very perfectionistic and you know I'll be honest with you I put a lot of pressure on myself I had a lot of people that would that really enjoyed my playing that would say hey man you know we love what you're doing but in my mind I'm thinking you know what I could have done this better I could have done that better next time I need to do this next time I need to do that in which yes that's great to do but it was all consuming at the time and that is very unhealthy so I saw a commercial one night a Paxil commercial they were talking about the different symptoms of basically stress and anxiety and uh, when I went to North Dakota got off the road I saw a doctor and as soon as I explained to him what was happening and uh, that uh, they asked me about my family history and as soon as I told them about that then it was all over they were like yep we're gonna get you on Paxil and get you started here and then you can go talk start to talk to a psychologist and we'll try to get you taken care of 
grew up with a mother that, that was in the healthcare field, so I completely trusted it. You know, I thought, all right, cool. At least we're going to get this figured out, you know. So that's what I did. I would, was on the road, and I started up on the Paxil. And I quit drinking for a little while, but basically it went right back to it. And then they would up my dosage and up my dosage, and, you know, it was that whole cycle too. So on top of drinking, I was also taking these antidepressants that was not good for me. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because when I refer to my drug use, I'm not referring to, say, what you would find out on the street. I'm referring to what a doctor would prescribe you, and when you, all you got to do is say, and you know what, I stubbed my toe, and it will give you a pill for it. And I went through that, you know, and so... So that had great impact on me quitting because I noticed over time while I was taking these that I, all of a sudden, yes, things started getting better. Like um, I didn't worry about things as much, but also I didn't care about things as much either. Like it was like, you know, when I would be doing something I hated, I would just be like, oh, well, it ain't so bad. You know, I could do this, I could do that, whatever, you know, and so... When it led up to me quitting, that's kind of what it was like. It was just like, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the whole process and everything. So it wasn't just, it wasn't just, you know, well, I got sick of it and quit. There was literally drugs involved that changed the brain, my brain chemistry that made me to the point to where I wanted to quit. So that being said, I was on the Paxil and drinking and doing that and I moved down to Florida and it was sort of my last ditch effort to uh, uh, get back on the road or do something and uh, I remember one of the, the drummers that I've known for years back home I was playing with him in that other cover band and he was like dude don't quit and I didn't know I didn't even think he knew what, what I was thinking about but for some reason he knew he knew something was going on, and uh, he said, dude, don't quit, man, he said, don't do it, and I just kind of blew it off, and I went down to Florida, and I played that gig for about six weeks, and I got fired, I wouldn't do, well, I kind of refused to do what they wanted me to, they wanted me to play everything note for note, and I said I wasn't going to do it, and they said, well, all right, we're going to get a guy in here that will. You know, I mean, by that point, I was so jaded. You know, I was just like, you know, I've been doing this for so long. And it's always the same crap over and over and over again. Not thinking about how my mindset was making a lot of it. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, uh, I was thinking of it more in a linear, linear sense rather than like, you're only as good as your last performance sort of a way. My time in, and I should be here, and I'm not. I should be there, and I'm not. So, anyway, I lasted six weeks on that gig, and uh, that was the end of it. And after that, I was down in uh, the Panhandle of Florida. I went up to uh, visit my grandparents and my aunt on my dad's side, and I hung out there for a while. Uh, Katrina hit, and uh, I moved to. Louisiana. My uncle went down there for work, and I followed him a few months later. And um, 
basically quit. I just started uh, working as a painter and uh, did that there for two and two two and a half years. And um, that was the beginning of the real rough stuff. <laughs> and I know a lot of my family stuff was concerned, but they didn't say anything. I mean, what could they say? You know, I was living on my own, doing my thing. You know, and if I told them I was sick of it and I was ready to quit. That's what it was. So, in Louisiana, I was working seven days a week, 12 hours a day, for months and months and months because of Katrina. And if you were an honest person and you didn't do any crazy stuff, then people would hire you left and right. And I started out working for a guy, and within two months, I was basically working for myself. working and uh, drinking every day, every day, the drinking got worse, so much to the point to where I would like buy like a case of beer and be like, okay, well, this will last me three days, wake up in the next morning and there'd be like two in there, you know, that kind of thing, not realizing that I had even done it, but yeah, so I'd go down to the French Quarter sometimes and get really hammered and sometimes even get to sit in with some of the bands or just play a song or something, you know. It's just kind of how they were there. But it never, I never got that feeling back of like uh, I wanted to play again. So it just slowly got worse and worse. And uh, uh, about a year in, I was renting a little RV outside of Slidell. And it was just horrible. And so I decided to quit the Paxil. my shit for about two weeks because I didn't like weed myself off or anything I just quit and uh, from what I understand that's a big big no-no but you know I did it and uh, it was about two weeks where I didn't know what was up and what was down and that sort of thing was just a little bit out there also you probably noticed that there's a little bit of a pattern developing here about how I handle my abandonment issues. I don't cling on to people and be like, you know, hey, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that without you. I go the other way. It's more like, you know what, I'm going to leave you before you leave me because I'm not going to deal with getting hurt anymore. Not realizing that's what it was, but that's what it was, you know. So... So there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, I had also gotten arrested for a DUI down there. Um, And uh, one time I got put in for a public drunk too. And um, after that, I didn't quit drinking. I just quit going out and drinking. I stayed home. I didn't practice my guitar. I didn't play my guitar. As a matter of fact, I was feeling so bad that, like, I would still get up and go to work every day. But by the time I was out, done with work, I was drinking on my way home, you know, just to feel normal again. So, it was pretty bad. Although I did buy an acoustic guitar, and I played it a little bit, but, like I 
I said, it just my mind was in a whole different place, and uh, it was a perfect combination of the antidepressants with the drinking, and then by the time I quit the antidepressants, the drinking was too far gone, and in 2008, I moved to Arizona. I was tired of Louisiana, and I just wanted to uh, go somewhere else, and my mom had lived up in Las Vegas, and my aunt lived in Arizona. Vegas and see how that was there, but uh, I ended up stopping in Arizona and liked it there more, so I got a place, I got work until that fall of 2008 when uh, everything went to crap, and so I had to figure out how to make money doing something else. All the construction work was just non-existent at that point. So I had a vehicle, I had a van and tools. I answered an ad in the paper that said, you know, we'll pay you a certain amount of money to uh, come do cable. And I did that for a little over a year. Another miserable, miserable existence. Working as much as you can because they pay you as little as possible. And, um, and in 2009, going to die, literally, like, it was terrible, so later on, a little bit later on in 2009, like, um, March, I think it was, mom needed a place to stay, so she came and stayed with me, and she stayed there for about a year, six months to a year, she was able to get a little bit closer with her sister, and, uh, my aunt, and, um, I wasn't, at first I thought, you know, this is probably gonna be rough, but, actually a pretty cool experience because we were able to kind of reconnect as mother and son. It was very, very interesting. I didn't think it would, I didn't think it was going to be like that, but it went really, really well. And one day she said to me, she said, you know, you've had a beer sitting in there in that fridge for like six months. What's up with that? And I said, I just can't drink anymore. It just makes me sick. And every time I think about it, it literally would make me sick to my stomach. Well, it turns out I had a, um, a bleeding ulcer, and after 20 years of drinking, I was 38, I think, at the time, and uh, after 20 years of drinking and doing all that, uh, it gave me a hole in my stomach. But not knowing that at the time, I just quit. I was done with it. And I had gotten a job through the neighbor at one of the local metalworking shops there. They, uh, basically built things out of metal columns and stuff and they needed somebody to just come in and help them and uh, he noticed that I was a hard worker that I went to work every day and that um, he didn't care what or how or whatever I did on the side they hired me and I went to work for them but I was having problems like nerve problems Um, my feet would go numb and tingly and weird stuff like that so I went to saw a doctor they didn't diagnose me with anything, but they could put me on pain medication, and that was pretty much it for me. Once I started taking that stuff, I knew, absolutely knew, that I was going to be in rehab in a couple years. I just, it was so, like it just, 
checked every box for me at the time. It gave me energy. You couldn't smell it or anything on you. And um, it made me in a better mood. And my stomach didn't hurt. And it was just the bee's knees at that point. So I was on Laura Tabs for a while. And uh, when those became unavailable, I found them on the street. And it was easy to, they were easy to find. And at that time, especially because they were being prescribed so much like I mean you could you could throw a rock and find somebody that had any for relatively cheap so once again right back to self-medicating <laughs> then uh, I would throughout from 2006 to when I started back up playing again like 2017 there would be you know, about little bits and pieces where I'd think I'd want to play again and then I'd start up for a little while and then nothing would happen and I'd just go back to working and the drugging and, um, you know, live that life for a while. Then it was 2012. I moved back to Michigan once again. In 2011, Mom moved back there and um, she wanted to be close to my sister and her kids. I stayed and Arizona for about another year and decided it was time to go back home once again. So that's what I did. I went uh, back to Adrian and uh, and for about a year and a half I uh, worked as a painter and was doing the pills heavily and I was staying over at my mom's place and uh, nothing was moving forward. tolerance for the pills was getting incredibly high and there was one point when I looked in the mirror and I said dude you gotta do one or two things you're either gonna quit or you're gonna have to start buying a heroin so I had to take an honest look at myself and my life and I decided it was time to quit and I put myself in a It was like a detox. It was like a five-day detox. I didn't have any insurance or anything, so I couldn't. They wouldn't obviously accept me in any sort of hospital. So it was a local thing, and um, I thought I was going to be sort of weaned off it, and maybe they would prescribe me something that would help get off the pills. But that's not what happened. <laughs> check myself in up in Ann Arbor and uh, basically all I did was uh, detoxed off of Kool-Aid and AA meetings <laughs> but got through the five days and uh, went back home and I couldn't sleep I couldn't do anything it was just a terrible feeling place to where they had like a halfway house type of thing so I thought well maybe that would be a little bit better where I wouldn't be so tempted or whatever you know so I contacted somebody and I moved into one of their homes and that was horrible like I 
could not even handle. I was a very independent person. There was no privacy. I had no, you know, you had to, you had to show accountability for this and accountability for that because a lot of these guys never had any sense of responsibility. Well, I had already learned that lesson a long time ago. So I was talking to the owner of the house and he said, dude, he said, you, you don't need to be here. He said, man, just, just keep working on your stuff. Go to the meetings, do whatever you got to do. But he said, you, you've got a lot more figured out when it comes to working for yourself and making a living and showing responsibility that way. So I ended up moving out of there after about three weeks, I think it was. I just, I couldn't do it. I still tried doing the meetings and all that. The whole 90 meetings for 90 days things for uh, the pills. And uh, I didn't resonate as much with the AA stuff, so I tried uh, a few of the um, NA meetings. And that was alright, but it still was, there's still a lot of that whole, you know, for me, the way I saw it was there's still a lot of whole, whole lot of that uh, feel sorry for me sort of thing. I just don't resonate with that sort of mentality. But I do resonate with the sort of mentality, the victim mentality, where it's like, I need somebody to help me through this or to help me through that. Like, I'll get stuck on something. It's like, well, I can't do it because I don't have this or I don't have that. So there's, for me, that's what the victim mentality comes in. Not so much uh, feel sorry for me or feel sorry for me because of that just not that's just not how I am so I was in one of the meetings the AA meetings and uh, lo and behold I ran across my old uh, the old singer in one of the bands one guy who I'd played with for a few years and we caught up a little bit and uh, and he said you know do you remember Kelly and I said oh yeah of course you know he said she asks about you every once in a while he said, that kid looks just like you. He said, I know you guys don't think it is, but um, she really does. <laughs> so, well, have her give me a call or whatever if you want. To, if you have any questions or anything, I'll be glad to answer them. So about uh, a week later, I got a call. and She said, hey, I'm coming up to uh, Michigan for a couple weeks. you want to get together? I said, sure. So we got together and started just catching up over 20 years, over how 20 years uh, treated us. And um, she started telling me about some of the stuff with her daughter. And I thought, wow, that's odd because that's some of the same things that that, uh, I deal with. (laughs) Like the need for having glasses and and, uh, having a stigmatism it didn't come in either side her or their father's family but at my side it's all over the place there was things like that you know and uh, while we were catching up I, I she was about 16 at the time so I was talking to her too and uh, we all got along really great and um, I was getting my life together I had you know was quit the, the drugs at that point I wasn't drinking and I quit the drugs so um, 
was having a hard time finding work, and uh, she said, hey, you want to come down to Alabama, and uh, I'm sure we can find you some work. I know what, I know somebody who uh, works at a pretty big electrical company down here, and uh, if you want to uh, try it out, you can come stay with me if you want, and uh, try to find some work, and that's what I did. So, in January of 2013, I moved down to Alabama. started just uh, working as an electrical helper. I was 40 years old and thought I was starting over and I thought things were going to be better. You know, but I was wrong about that one. I mean, don't get me wrong, things were better, but they weren't. There's a lot of stuff where, where I just needed to not be distracted and figure things out on my own and I wasn't willing to do it yet. I just was, like, busy running, seemed like, you know, I was just trying to, to find the next thing, to, to go for, to push for the next thing, and the next thing, and always searching for something that just was not there. You know, I, uh, all in all, and it was because of me quitting music, and there was that huge hole in my soul that I couldn't fill, and it didn't matter what I did, how I did it, I couldn't do drugs, I could drink, I could do whatever, and it just, there was something I could not figure out what it was. So this was 2013, and uh, I was working a lot then, too, working, uh, sometimes they'd, they'd work 7 and it was fine. I, I did do have this thing about learning, like I love to learn, so anytime I get into a position like that and I'm learning a bunch, that really helps a lot. Just, it's stimulating. Maybe that's what it is, the stimulation. So, I quit the pills, and um, it literally took nine months for me to start to actually feel sort of somewhat normal. The first three months, I could not sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't do anything. And it was uh, just one of them things where I was just like, you know, some people, they get over it faster, and other people don't, and my, I'm very sensitive towards a lot of stuff, and so once my body got used to it, it was a real hard adjustment to getting back to it. But I still worked, and I still did what I had to do, you know. One of the, one of the guys, when I was in one of the meetings, you know, before I moved, he was like, he said, man, you gotta take some time off and give yourself a break. Myself a break, don't pay the bills, buddy. You know, I'm not going to sit around and just waller in my own crap. You know, I gotta figure out a way forward, and so that's why I was always trying to move forward. But I think about it now, and I think, you know, he was probably right, that, but I wasn't willing to uh, do that yet. So, so yeah, so now I'm down in Alabama. to the point when, you know, I guess 
years, I was probably at my lowest point, and the universe said, hey, dude, we're here. When you're ready, we're here. And so, Great weekend, great week, and I will have another one out soon.